Like, I'm sorry, I don't want my armpit to smell like cucumber or raspberry. Hello and welcome to episode number 17 of RSVP, the podcast about stationery and so very much more. I'm your host, Lenore. My co-hosts are Dee and Les. Dee, what is your medium today and what's your poison? I am writing with a Black Wing Volume 1. Um, this Ooh. is the first one that I've sharpened up and used for an extended period of time. It's kind of at the Steinbeck stage, and even though I kind of crapped on the idea that they're round and I hate round pencils, I really kind of like it, um, as long as I'm not using it for extended periods of time. And I'm writing in my reporter's notebook, as always, and I'm consuming some chamomile tea with honey, since I have a little bit of a sore throat, and it is really freezing in here, because my room does not have heat. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's cold where you are. Yeah, it's like 30 degrees. Yeah, I'm running around in my sandals today because uh, it's so warm. Uh, lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> so that's it for me. What about you, Lenore? Oh, I am writing with my insightful specter, Squire, because he's just so cute. <laughs> I cannot stand it. And it's, it's you know, it's just, it's a nice feeling pen. It's a really nice feeling pen. I'm enjoying it a lot. And I was thinking about the... um the volume one. I'm glad to, I'm glad to hear you're enjoying it. Yeah. What's it been? Two months? Three, Three months? Because the new one's there's out. There's nothing about that. Yeah. There's nothing about that pencil that makes me want to pick it up. <laughs> even now. I just like, there's, I just don't want to reach for it. I it, I would reach for anything else on my I desk. I wouldn't buy another dozen, but it, yeah, I don't hate it. In fact, I'm looking forward to using them up so I can, I have this idea in my mind about what I'm going to do with the, the ferals. I have this custom thing swimming around. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think I would just poach the ferals and not even bother. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's not that I hate it. It's that almost any other pencil on my desk would appeal to me more at any given moment. I just just have no interest in them. Yeah, I feel you. I I think of those orthopedic shoes. Thanks to Andy. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I'm actually not drinking anything. Oh. You know, we're here in the middle of the day. I got I got stuff to do before and after. I'm just I'm so happy to be able to do this in the middle of it. And I wasn't thinking about other things. How about you, Les? I, uh, I've started taking a morning walk on Saturdays, and uh, my doctor doesn't need to know that I'm headed to the cafe buying a coffee and usually a pastry, which totally <laughs> <laughs> negates the walk. <laughs> I promise I will not tell your doctor. <laughs> totally negates the walk. Um, but I also picked up a bag of um, Stumptown coffee. And it is a Guatemalan coffee, so it is delicious. I'm super happy with it. I brewed up a big pot as soon as I came home and finished the coffee that I got there free with the purchase of the bag of coffee. So yeah, so I'm drinking that coffee and I'm super happy with it. I am writing with a Mitsubishi Unistar pencil. And it's a 2B and it is, it's sort of like they took the high uni or the uni pencil and they stripped it down to a student grade. Okay. So the lacquer is a little thinner. I'm not sure it's cedar. Yeah, it is. I can smell the cedar now. I couldn't smell it before. And it's got, you know, really stripped down branding on it. And it's got really nice graphite inside. So I'm actually pretty happy with that. I wasn't happy when I first got it because I opened up the box. I was like, what is this? This is horrible. <laughs> um, because it's not as pretty as, as what I was expecting. And it's not as pretty as the pictures online. But it's a really yeah. nice pencil. Uh, and I'm still writing in my Baron Fig train of thought that I've been using for show notes since I got the uh, got the package. Yes. So I'm, I'm cool. actually regretting passing on those for review. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick some up because I just, I love how quirky they are. They're very weird. And um, if you are not following the designer, I'll put his uh, stuff in the show notes. Mm-hmm. You should on Instagram. His okay. his Instagram is super weird and super fun. So cool. everyone should follow him. I can't remember the name of it. It's like ZZ something on Instagram, but I'll put it in the show notes and everyone should go to Instagram and follow him. So what's exciting, right. D? Um. A couple things. Um, the semester's winding down, which, thank God, I'm sure Lenore can relate. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've got a lot more winding yeah, before yeah. there's any down. Me too. This is like, 
because I go to like a froofy school, this is my last week of classes because finals week, I don't have finals really. They're all papers. So after this week, I won't have to go there. Um, but my IRB proposal has been approved um, for my thesis work. That's so huge. Uh, I know. Um, I'm excited. I still can't collect data because I have to pre-register my hypotheses and all that kind of stuff because I, I want to do this the right way. Um, that's a new thing in the social sciences, at least, um, pre-registering all your work. So you can't switch your hypothesis when you don't find out what you want, you know? It just adds a bit more credibility to everything. So so there's that. Um, so I, I'll probably collect it, start collecting data over break, which is nice. Um, besides that, I've been actually getting a little bit back into gaming, only because I've had a little bit more time. There's this game called Pencils and Powers. It's a dice game. It's a one-page game. You just print it out on a piece of paper. You play it by yourself. And all you need are four six-sided dice and a pencil. And basically, I'm not going to get into it here, but it's it's kind of like a, a dungeon crawler type. It's really fun because you can just bring it anywhere. Um, and then finally, I've been working on preparing to run a solo Dungeons & Dragons campaign. Yes. Solo as in... Really? Because like, there's two ways people use solo. Solo as in a dungeon master and a player, or solo as in totally by yourself. I mean totally by myself. There's not many good gaming groups around me, unfortunately. So I'm going to give this a try. And I mean, it's pretty much storytelling with elements of combat and dice rolling. So I don't see why it couldn't be done. I mean, obviously you can't role play everything, but we'll see how it goes. So that's kind of what I've been up to. Um, Lenore? Um, I actually, my, my excitement just today is that Spawn just finished a comic drawing art class that she was really enjoying. And I picked her up from that right before I came to, uh, record with you guys. And she, she showed me her blue pencil and I think it's, uh, maybe a color race. What, uh, who uh, makes those? Uh, Prisma. Yeah. Prisma. Color. Does Prisma color make the, yeah, yeah they make the color race. Yeah. I think it's a color race. Uh, but I don't actually know because she has taken it all the way oh, down wow. to the feral. Yes. And which, yeah, right? I know. Excellent. I thought of you immediately, Les. I was so excited. This thing, um, she, she apparently sharpened it one last time and has not, um, really used it much since because it's still pretty sharp. But when it, when this last sharpening, this last possible sharpening is used down, it's currently three and a half centimeters long from what's left of the eraser to the very pointy tip. And that, uh, for, for you non-metric people out there, that's one and three eighths inches, which is about as short as you're going to go, actually. It sounds longer than it looks. So yeah, that was pretty exciting. And I, I, I snapped a little picture of it. I'll send it to you guys at some. I, yeah, I, I knew that you would be into that less. I knew that you, you, like, you guys would get along. You and Spawn would be friends, I think. And so that was exciting. Other than that, uh, let's see. I've been working with my, my whiteboard markers, my refillable yeah. whiteboard markers that I got. And yeah, so I've been, you know, I've been using them for a couple months and they're awesome. So I'm going to get Spouse to get me some more tips for them. And maybe a couple more black markers. I'm going to get a package of tips and some black markers, but those have been really good. And I've refilled them a couple times and they've refilling is really, really clean and tidy and no big deal. Changing the tips is a little bit more effort. We talked about that before, but yeah, I'm still super happy with those. It's not exciting. I guess it's, you know, that's old, old business. I put it in the wrong part of the agenda. That should have been <laughs> under old business, not new business, right? <laughs> Well, it's exciting, right? But, yeah, and I'm excited about yeah, it is. But I'm excited about the end of the semester, but I've got, you know, I do have finals and I'm writing them. So then my students take them and I still have to do um several days of spreadsheet hell. So I'm not going to be done until quite and a by while. By spreadsheet from now. hell, do you mean creating them or adding data into them? I mean putting all the data in, you know, um because well, this is super boring. No, I, I mean, do you really want to know? Well, I figured <laughs> my one question was, do you keep your grades in a, a paper grade book and then transfer them later? Or do you put them in Excel as you go? Uh, okay, so my classes are huge. And so I really only have, uh, I really okay, only have yeah. exam grades. But the exam grades uh, for one class have 
you know, uh, two to four components, depending on like the different parts. Okay. So, I mean, it's just, it's just time consuming, but it's, it's uh, when it's yes. over, it's over. For a month. That's what's exciting. Um, so I just finished NaNoWriMo, um, and I kicked its behind. I know, I saw that. That was amazing. Yeah. I got, um, almost 60,000 words. I was about a thousand words short of 60,000 at the end of it. And literally the next day on December 1st, I hit, I went over 60,000 words. So I'm going to keep writing my novel. I'm still working on it. And because I'm a complete nerd, I created a spreadsheet for tracking my words for 2018. I shared that. I'll share it in the RSVP group too, but um, I shared it in my manuscripting group. Yeah, if anyone enjoys spreadsheets and tracking their numbers because they're nerdy, um, I are, have already created the spreadsheet for you, and I'm super motivated by that. That's like, I learned a lot of stuff in NaNoWriMo about how I write and what I'm motivated by. Uh, and one of the things that I'm super motivated by is tracking that word count. Like, it's really nice to see that number jump up every day. I was living vicariously. I was really enjoying your, your word count posts. <laughs> that was like just so yes. nice to see every day. Oh, I'm glad. Like somebody's <laughs> making progress on something. Yeah. That's, that's nice because I feel like I'm <laughs> spinning my wheels here. Yeah. Well, you know, the other thing is also like, I feel like, so at this point, like I've probably written and discarded the beginnings of a dozen novels and many, many more short stories. And I've completed two or three before this one. I've lost count. But that's how many I've discarded. I've just got like a trunk full of like garbage that I've written. And this is the first one that I actually feel like has some promise. Well, the, the last one I was writing, I think the idea was really good. This one I think has some promise. And I think that my writing has gotten a lot better. So I, I you know, I'm interested in seeing what happens when I finish it all. And I edit it, and we see what happens with it. So, yeah. So NaNoWriMo is, is over. Um, I'm hoping to do a show where we talk about editing a novel and things like that. But that's for the future. Uh, the other thing that's really exciting is that Baron Fig came out with dot grid note cards. I saw that. And I got a pack of them. How do you like them? Yeah. You mean like um, index yeah, cards? Yeah, like, like three by five cards. Oh, okay, cool. Thus far, I like them really well. Um, they're a little, I mean, they're pretty standard note cards. You know, you, you, it's not like, so like not dot dash cards are really thick and are very sturdy feeling when you use them. These are uh, like, feel like standard note cards. Like you get like a pack of a hundred at Staples and they're relatively, they're not super heavy, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, you yeah. don't feel bad about using them up. Well, the Baron Fig cards are nine bucks for a hundred of them, so they're, oh, they're a little oh, more expensive. Like, well. it's not, it's not like walking into Staples That's, and getting a hundred of them for 50 cents. These are, they're, like I said, they're a little thinner than I would expect for the cost, but on the same note, they're really nice with fountain pens. All of my inks that are supposed to sheen, sheen on them. And they're nice oh, and nice. Yeah. yeah. So it's nice and smooth for fountain pens. Nothing feathers, nothing shows through. So even though they're a little thinner, they work really well with fountain uh -huh. pens. And the dot grid is nice and light, so it does disappear in the background as you're working on them. The other thing that I like about them is that they're not cream colored. They're white, but not super bright white. So I actually really like that they're not the same color as the paper in their notebooks. That's good. Because I was worried, like, when I saw them, I was yeah. like, oh, man, I hope they're not, like, that, that, like you said, cream color. I prefer, like, a bright white. Yeah, no. They're not bright white, but they're white. So it shows off my inks really nicely. So I'm really liking that. Yes. The other thing that I want to talk about is the bit of controversy over in the Baron Fig Fanatics group about 
their bags. And I've been messaged about this on Instagram too. Like the people seem to really like messaging me on Instagram and I, it does take me a while to answer. So if you do message me on Instagram, just be aware. I don't always get to it until the end of the day. Um, especially when I'm at work because I don't check Instagram as much when I'm at work. But Baron Fig made some really big changes in the color of their bags. Have you guys seen the pictures? Yes, I saw that. People, yeah. some people are super cranky about it. And and I think yeah. with good reason, like the slate blue is very lightly shaded. It looks very pale blue. The charcoal is mm-hmm. really light gray. And someone was talking about the fact that the uh fig wine is kind of pinkish. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So I I don't have any of them. I didn't I did not back the Kickstarter. I did and I haven't gotten mine yet. You, you got one of the tote bags, right? Uh I thought I, I think I ordered the backpack. Okay. Well I'll be interested in I guess I'd have in, to check. I might be in wrong. what you um what you think of it because there people have been like the straps aren't padded on the backpack. Which yeah. I think is a really bad idea. I mean, if you're only carrying yeah, around, I agree. Yeah. if you're only carrying around a MacBook Air, then you're not going to have a problem. But if you're carrying, you know, a couple of books, maybe a notebook or two, all of your pens and pencils, uh, maybe maybe your printed out, fresh, freshly printed out NaNoWriMo novel, plus your MacBook Air and a keyboard and everything else that you need, that's going to be heavy and non padded. Well, yeah, but. But wasn't their whole thing about that, that it was a minimalist backpack and that you should be, you know, you should be planning your backpack for the stuff that you carry all the time and carrying something else for the 10% instead of carrying the, the you know, the one that's big enough for the stuff you need on the 10% of time all the time. Uh, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really follow it that closely, I guess, but. Okay. Yeah. The videos were about, we carry these giant backpacks because sometimes we need a giant backpack, but most of the time we don't. And so this is supposed to be the minimalist thing. I don't know. I think that that's what I'm remembering from their video. At least for me, like a minimalist backpack still has to carry my keyboard, like my Bluetooth keyboard, my tablet, plus, you know, whatever paper goods I'm carrying. And that's still going to be heavy enough that I want straps with padding. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens with it. I I, I, I look forward well, to more discussion on it. Joey responded um, saying that if anyone has any issues, you know, you can speak directly to me yep. um, and to call him, you know, I think tomorrow on Sunday, he said, and people can also get a refund if they so choose. So I think the response was really good. Yeah, that's that is, I think, that the best thing about Baron Fig is that they're very, very responsive to people yes. discussing these things. So. Yeah. That always makes me happy about Baron Fig. Absolutely. Communication. Yep. Yeah, and I think I think it's legitimate for people to be frustrated about the colors, mm. not because they would have necessarily not because they would have necessarily canceled their orders if they found out the color was different, but they might have picked differently from the new colors. Right. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, if I had chosen the slate blue, well, when this color change was made i would have switched it to the light gray because i don't really like light blue so you know i think that that's i think that's actually pretty fair and especially the fig wine color was um you know if that's coming out pink so like i said i don't remember what choices i made at the time i haven't really looked at it since i made those choices and i was just looking forward to whatever comes Mm. But I I see why people would be frustrated because it wasn't like it was a cheap yeah, item. Right. Yeah, they're expensive. And then there was the question of why they're bothering to do a Kickstarter at all because they're a company that makes money. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that they've they've always done Kickstarters to bring out their products. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it I think it's a good way to gauge interest rather than doing pre orders. I mean, it's basically a way of doing pre orders. You know, right. I don't, uh, someone was talking about it being greedy, but. Yes, I responded to that. I don't think it's greedy. I, I didn't really get yeah, that. I don't, but. I don't understand how it's greedy because, I mean, it's, uh, I could have made so many comments and 
I'm trying to rein myself in. <laughs> so I don't. I yes, don't, roll it back a little. <laughs> I don't see what Baron Fig is doing as greedy. I think that this is just like doing pre-orders, but in a fun kind of way, versus trying to fund something that is part of their business model anyway, or is tax deductible. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop right there because I have I have a rant brewing about <laughs> particular groups that a, do kick a rant for another day. Uh, it is a rant for another day, and I think yeah. So I it's but anyway, I don't think what Baron they're just doing pre orders. It's and they're doing pre orders in a fun kind of way, and I am okay with that. Yeah, I mean, greedy would be not using Kickstarter because Kickstarter takes a portion of that. Yeah. I, I see them as supporting Kickstarter where they started through this through this endeavor. And it's also a way of advertising, so they're paying for that yeah. too. So no, it's yeah. not greedy. Yeah, I like that. So alright. I wonder how many non aficionados, like how many people don't know about their brand already that they get through Kickstarter. I'd be interested to see numbers on that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, yeah. That would be cool. I don't we will we will never see those numbers. <laughs> no, I know. I would just be you know. Yeah, right. Exactly. I withdraw the uh, <laughs> the musing. So shall we come around to our main topic for this? Absolutely. So you guys tell me if I have this right. I'm going to give a brief timeline of the story for anybody who hasn't heard about it yet. Uh, or, you know, synopsis. We'll have a synopsis. So Field Notes, who frequently partners with other companies and organizations and conferences and whatever to do branded notebooks and always build these as collaborative projects, recently released a joint set of notebooks with Abercrombie and Fitch that are being sold on the ANF website. And there are some issues about ANF as a company. And then there's also the fact that apparently their website requires every single item to be posted as something that is either for men or for women. So we have a situation in which there are notebooks for men with fishermen on them that you have to click through the men's section of the website to get to. And then there's a bunch of notebooks for women that have flowers on them that you have to click to the women's portion of the website to get to. Uh, yeah. So is that an accurate assessment of the current situation that we're in? Yeah, I think so. Yes. <sighs> okay. So what do we think about this lesson, D? Uh, so I'm just going to point out that this is really tone deaf on the part of both Abercrombie and Fitch and Field Notes to, and it just shows how out of touch with the overarching stationary community as a whole that they both are. Because any time, and this has happened, the, the, the gendering of stationery has happened several times in the last several years, and every single time this happens, the community ridicules them. Ridicules whatever company. I mean, we can look back at Bic for Her. We can also look at the, I believe it was the Pelican pen, that Apple bomb. Um, on Instagram posed with a bra and panties as a pen for women. And every single time it happens, everyone makes fun of it and it's ridiculous and it's stupid. And women are like, what I, what am I supposed to do with this special notebook for ladies? Am I supposed to use my vagina with it? And then the other question is, is like, (laughs) are men somehow operating their notebooks with their penis? I don't yeah. know. Like, it, it, if it's just, it blows my mind that this is still happening after so many times of, like, people making fun of it. Like, why is yeah. it still happening? It's so ridiculous. And then the pushback. So basically, like, I saw this come out. I saw it on the Field Nuts group. And the first thing I did was I, I made some commentary on, like, before I left for work, I dropped the mic and, and made comments about it on, on Twitter. And I got a lot of, well, I didn't get a lot of pushback. I got some pushback and some conversation about it. And a couple of people being like, if you don't want them, if they're not for you, don't buy them. More for me. And yeah. And then I also made the rather ranty post in RSVP about it. Um, and we had some really good discussion about what it means and how stupid it is to gender stationary goods. 
So just I just can't I don't I'm so I'm so done with this, you know? Like I, it's so stupid that I don't yes. understand how it is still happening. Well, I just <laughs> I just I just I just can't. I think you bring up a good point when you say that it's tone deaf. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, whether or not a company, I mean, unless a company is clearly geared towards a certain group, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, I don't know, like a gay and lesbian organization isn't going to advertise for you know, Westboro Baptist Church. It's just not going to happen. Right. But, like, if you're a company who has a product that is a general product, even if your customer base leans a certain way, one would think from a financial standpoint and from a promotional standpoint that you'd kind of steer clear of anything that would cause controversy. Yeah. Um, just just for the sake of, of your own name or your own brand. Um. So, yeah, and, and I think, you know, with Abercrombie, a lot of people actually in this dialogue that, that we've had these past couple of days, many, many people had no idea. I mean, they knew Abercrombie was right. bad, like, but they didn't know to the extent of which. Right. So I always like to give people the benefit of the doubt, um, but I still can't fathom that somebody who makes executive decisions wouldn't vet every company that they work with. Right. You know, like... Well, and and no, someone, you know, no, go ahead. Not not for nothing, but literally, you if you Google Abercrombie and Fitch, the first several hits are about their previous CEO being gross and yes. his disgusting comments. And you know, how do you not Google the company you're about to do work with? You yeah, know? yeah, no, and. And again, it's not necessarily the company, it's the actions of the company. Because some of the comments I heard, um, you know, were like, well, what if Field Notes teamed up with this organization? And it was an organization, I think it was the NRA. Mm -hmm. Well, I generally... Yeah, that was suggested. I I don't, like, it's a a different, it's not the same comparison. Um, Well, you're talking about a political organization versus a money-making company. Correct. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's that, it, it would be like, uh, it's apples and oranges, really. Yeah. And Field Notes never would. Can you, I mean, Draplin is a lefty, left, left-leaning, Hillary-voting liberal. Yeah, and the thing is, too, and we're going to get the, to this at the end, but, you know, when I when I wrote my blog post, I purposely addressed it to Aaron Draplin, even though he does not make executive decisions there, and I did that on purpose. He's reachable. He's reachable, and he's the face of Field Notes. When you ask people what what person you think of when you say Field Notes, it's it's Aaron. Right. It's not yeah anyone else. Right. So because that was the other thing. Well, you're writing it to the wrong person. Well, no, I'm writing it to the person that I probably have more access to. Yeah. Uh, well, the other side of of that is also. Uh, did you have you guys listened to the Pen Addict episode where they talked to? the rest of the Field Notes crew? No. No. So you should listen to that because it's really eye-opening. And one of the things that they they kind of say without saying is that at this point in time, the rest of the crew makes most of the decisions and most of the design choices, and Draplin basically rubber stamps it for the majority of what they do. There are some things where he has, you know, a hand in and he's he does all of it, but the majority of the field notes stuff is done by field notes and not Draplin himself. Yeah, which so that's a very interesting. I don't, I don't know. Everyone thinks they're buying something from Draplin, but really, you're not. You're not buying his design choices anymore. Yeah, you know, I'm sure they've got the generic brand bible that every company, every design company, every company has, and that guides their choices. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Draplin's not designing everything anymore. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, the partnership, again, I can't fathom how they couldn't have realized this would create something. But 
I think too a lot of the defensiveness that that came about when when some people spoke, you know, of how this partnership with Abercrombie and Fitch was horrible. The immediate immediate jump to being defensive instead of having dialogue about it um, is kind of telling in itself. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but. Mm-hmm. Well, I think. I think it's the emperor has no has has no clothes. Do you know what I mean? Like Field Notes has always marketed itself as an every man brand. Like it's you know it's it's what you know the working guy uses, it's what you know everyone can use these things. Mm-hmm. But the reality is is that Field Notes is just another company. It's not an every person. It's it's a company that's out there to make money. Mm-hmm. And there is a bottom line that they have to attend to. And I mean, if you think about it, partnering with Abercrombie and Fitch and making three different packages of notebooks means that every collector, every person who has these is going to walk into an Abercrombie and Fitch if they are willing to shop there and buy $45 mm-hmm. worth of notebooks because they're 15 bucks a pop. Yeah, that's, which that's, is you know that's another problem, but yeah, yeah. Don't even get me started on the price pointing again. But you're talking about someone going in and making a forty five dollar purchase instead of a nine ninety nine purchase, and that's a huge wad of cash. That is a yeah. giant amount of money. And as someone who has worked retail for more than you know about actually half their life. Um, a lot of people were saying, well, you know, I, I don't, I hate Abercrombie and Fitch, but I braved the smell or the noise and went in there, you know, and you're dropping that 45, sometimes even more because I, I've seen people with doubles of everything. So we're talking $90, yeah. you yeah. know, that affects, you know, their average ticket, which, you know, average ticket is average, you know, sale. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you have one purchase for $90, that's going to drive up the perception of their sales, which supports the store. Um, so it's, it's not something as simple as just braving the store to go in there. You're, you're kind of being complicit without, without consciously doing it. And I don't fault people for buying them because there were some people that say, man, I bought them. I feel bad. I mean, it is what it is. Um, I think it's how you carry yourself online. If you bought them and you don't agree with my opinion and you're respectful about it, that is amazing. That's cool. I want to talk to people like that. The problem that I have were the people that immediately, I had a couple people tie it into, well, you know, with all these women coming forward now with these sexual harassment things, this is just another thing, you know? Um, So, you know, you women and your dumb problems (laughs) complaining all the time. Or the, the triggered social justice warrior, snowflake. Um, you know, and what's really funny about this whole entire thing is I am probably the least liberal progressive person in my social circles. It's not political. It's just being about being human. Mm-hmm. Another thing that, that was pushed back and we're kind of skipping to like my letter here, but I made one comment that was the most egregious and most talked about talking about how, you know, the, the customer base of field notes is the cis white male. And that has nothing to do with anything about being against white men. Um, although that was what many people had said to me that I'm, I hate men now. And that white privilege is something that, that I've been indoctrinated into and it's a lie. So, you know, <laughs> I, legit, I, I have screenshots, you know, oh, so um, I was using it to make a point that, the groups that are women, people of color, queer, etc., are the groups that are feeling put off by this. Right. That was the example I was trying to make. But again, I, I really wanted to have dialogue with people. Mm-hmm. In fact, opened up the conversation. I asked a legitimate question of someone who said, disagreed with the article. Um, and that's when I was met with the, you've been indoctrinated into this belief system that white people have privilege. And that's when I left the conversation because you're just not going to get anywhere. Right. Well, that's like the conversation that I had on Twitter with someone where they were like, I just don't understand. And 
I, like, how do you not understand that people are different? That, that everyone has difference, and respecting difference can only open you up to more customers. Every time you close the door, every time you alienate a group, you close yourself off to customers. You hurt your bottom line by, you know, not understanding difference. Well, and I think that there's kind of a deeper thing, because this is a conversation that I've had many times about people wanting to default back to, well, men and women are different. Like, why would that bother you? Women and men are just different. And I think the point is not, and you're saying not understanding difference. I think the point that tends to, the thing that we tend to talk past each other about and not be speaking kind of the same language is that, well, yeah, there are statistical things that are more likely to happen among women and more likely to happen among men. But the point is that when you're talking about individuals that our, our differences and similarities as individuals are a completely different set than just our differences and similarities between being men and women, right? So I don't have... I don't necessarily have much in common with someone who is also a woman. And there would be many, many men that I would have much more in common with than some random woman. And so when we're talking about something like stationary or we're talking about toys for children or we're talking about cars or we're talking about, you know, electronics or we're talking about any of these things that are stupidly kind of marketed, make it pink, right? (laughs) And the frustrating thing about that is that I don't just like pink stuff because I happen to be a woman. And that when you put people in boxes that start with click on whether the thing you're looking for is for men or for women, Like when you start with that, you're saying that's the most important thing about you. Like we can't even start categorizing until we find out what your crotch giblets are made of. (laughs) And that's really, really frustrating to, you know, to have to start with that. And it, the, the just scroll past, if it's not for you, don't buy it thing. You know, there's, there's also multiple aspects to that, but one of them is I get tired of being told that my sex is the most important aspect of my entire humanity because it's not. I mean, that's not the most interesting thing about me. That's not the most important thing about me. That's not something that defines my contribution. It's not something that defines my interest. And we allow this marketing to continue that's based on the idea that everything else about you starts with what sex you are. And and if you're just going to say, well, you know, if you don't like it, just scroll on past, just shop the men's section. Well, it's really easy to say that if you're in the group that's being targeted for everything, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like Bic doesn't have to label any of their other products as being for men because it's assumed, it's assumed you know, and then they... Like, oh, I guess women aren't buying enough of our pens. Let's make a pink one. And that, you know, it's easy to say scroll on past if you're only being targeted for good things and not being targeted for bad things. But when you become the target of bad things, especially after a lifetime of not being targeted for good things, you know, it's it's similar to saying, yeah, it is. And it's similar to saying, well, if people say mean things to you on Twitter, just get over it. Well, you know what? When you don't get targeted with the kind, same kinds of stuff, it's easy to say, just get over it. But, you know, men don't, for example, usually get rape threats on Twitter. Hardly ever happens. People don't respond to a disagreement over liking a video game with rape threats if you're a guy. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's really, really 
it's becoming less and less defensible for somebody who thinks they're a good guy to just say scroll on past. You know, there's really, we're getting to the point you cannot pretend like you don't know about the actual difference and the actual prevalence of what happens to women in those spaces and still pretend to be a good guy. You, you just can't really do that anymore. I think, um, so another point, a point that I made when I was having a discussion with someone was that one of the things that's really damaging when you, when you have gendered things is that what happens to the little boy that sees the flowered field notes in Abercrombie and Fitch picks it up and says, mom, I want this or dad, I want this. And the parent looks at it and says, no, that's for girls. Or what about the little girl that picks up the outdoorsy field notes and really enjoys hunting and fishing or whatever it is she like going outside? Because apparently women don't like to go outside and says, you know, mom. <laughs> well, only to pick their right, flowers, pick their flowers, to put on their field notes. And, and, you know, so they go to their parent and they say, mom, dad, I want this. And the parent looks at it and says, no. That's for boys. You can't have it. And every time we, we do these things, we're, we're reinforcing gender stereotypes that are ridiculous in this day and age, besides the fact that a lot of people enjoy hunting and fishing and being outdoors. Doesn't matter what your genitals are. And a lot of, a lot of men that I've talked to have really enjoyed those flowered field notes. And, you yes. know, Word notebooks did the Declan floral pocket square notebook and managed to not gender it. Yeah, right? Yeah. Isn't that funny? And they still sold them. Amazing. <gasps> and, you know, it's it's just every time we do this, and I say we, but I mean every time a company decides to do this sort of thing, it's damaging to people and it's stupid and it's ridiculous. And I go back to, I just can't anymore. So anyway, I digress. Well, you were saying about, um, about every time this happens, there's ridicule. Like, did they learn nothing from Bic for her? Right. But did Bic for her actually result in any loss of sales for Bic? Bic did Bic stop, you know, did they sell they less? They pulled the product. Cause I don't, I thought they pulled the product. They stopped marketing it. They don't they, make the for her anymore. Well, they don't make it anymore, but. I mean, well, that's a loss. Did people buy it? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure people did buy it, but I, mean, I think that ha when a company introduces a product and then they don't continue to produce it, that's a huge loss because they've put investment and they put money and time into creating the packaging, creating the coloring, you yeah, know, that's and true. I've seen the same pens. But Bic does new, Bic does special edition stuff, don't they? Yeah, they do. I mean, so maybe that maybe it doesn't lose any more money than any other special edition as long as they sell them all. You know, because I'm just saying that ridicule does not equal loss of sales. And one of the articles that I was reading about this, about, you know, why we still have this gen ridiculously gendered marketing is the point. Well, the point that one of the articles was making was that they didn't invent the weirdness of our brains. They're just taking advantage of it. And, and that companies use gendered marketing because it works yep. and it doesn't always work, you know, and th the cases that we're calling out are the cases we noticed that backfired, but almost by definition, we might not have noticed a lot of other gendered marketing that was actually effective and didn't backfire, right? So finding that line, there's always marketing flubs that you're like, what were they thinking? Well, yeah. they were thinking the same thing they were thinking with when they did everything else. They were thinking they wanted to sell something and they've got to come up with a new way to do it all the time because you can't just use the same ad campaign for years and years and years and have it work yeah, for most I mean products. I'd like to make a point, too. I mean, the gendering of the books at Abercrombie & Fitch is problematic, yes. But had they not gendered those books, it still would be problematic. Oh, absolutely. It would, but it would be problematic in a different way, and yes. it would not... It would actually be better. Honestly, it would be better. Because if A&F had not put them in the 
these notebooks are for women, these notebooks are for men kind of categories, then the people who were trying to stick up for the partnership would not be able to just fall back on lumping it in as SJW women getting their feelings hurt kind of stuff. And right now I think most of the people who prefer not to acknowledge it as a problem are just dismissing the whole thing as, oh, they're just pissed because the flower notebooks were in the women's section. But if you want flower notebooks, buy flower notebooks. It's no big deal. You know, and they're, they're brushing it off as if it's nothing more than that. When in fact, the completely separate issue of who field notes should be, um, partnering with and whether they should be using their brand power to just say no is, you know, able to be ignored. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I, I agree completely. Um, and, you know, I mean, I don't expect somebody to fully understand my position um, because they're not me, but I would expect someone to either try to understand my position or respect that, you know, like, like I can respect your opinion um, until it offends me or is until it's offensive or, or hateful, Um, you know, and within most of the groups that I am a member of conversations were very constructive. I think there was one conversation that was not, um, and I was pretty much called insane and that like, my gender doesn't exist kind of thing. Um, it's still there. I, I, I told the mods to leave it because it's important for people to see, um, you know, like that's, that's the problem with everything. Like just dialogue, like perhaps I can learn something from your point of view, you know, you're not going to change my mind, but perhaps we can, we can have a common ground somewhere and just be humans to each other. Because online communities, you're, of course, going to deal with a lot of different things. Number one, you're going to deal with people who have a bit more courage because they're not face-to-face with you. Um, so they're, they're, they're going to say things that m- might be a tad harsher than they would if they were in front of you. And I also often, and I talked to a couple other people in the group about this, I forget where I live. Um, <laughs> I forget that I live in Massachusetts, you know, um, like legit, like we were doing gay marriage before anyone else. Um, that's privilege. Yeah. Net neutrality. Um, I think we're the only state that didn't go along with that negative vote. Um, so I live in a place, um, you know, that is for me very comfortable and I never have to think twice. If I had this conversation with someone on the street around here, it wouldn't be a problem. I'd either get like agreement or nah, I don't agree with you, but whatever, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't get hostility for the most part. So I often forget that I live in this little bubble uh, called the pioneer Valley. Um, but that's the thing too. You're talking to people from all over the world and all over the United States. So I think a lot of times things are bound to get ugly in certain, in certain scenarios, especially with this kind of topic. And I think, while yes, people who are nasty can be faulted for that. I think moderation, um, mods, you know, yes, the act of moderating those spaces. Yes. Yes. Mods essentially own the community that they're moderating. Um, so they have to decide what kind of community they want to run. Um, if they want to, have a community that's welcoming to all, then make it that way. If you want to have a community that caters to one particular group, that's fine. But then you're going to lose all those other people. Um, so the longer, you know, when this was happening, yeah, a lot of posts were being made. And, and some of the posts, no, correction, all of the posts were very antagonistic. And that's the thing. It's not like the posts were disagreeing with one point of view. There were, they were antagonizing. Yeah the people that had a problem. I mean, I think one person posted, you know, Oh, what if they did a nuts and bolts version or they had like a picture of like two plugs, like the male and the female side of the plug. Like, 
like that's antagonizing. Well, it's just ignorant, you know. You know? Like it's, it's. I, I'm just gonna say it. It's it's totally ignorant and it's uh-huh. disrespectful and it's. I mean, it makes no sense too. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, I I just think that 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 kind of stuff. The longer that sits up, the more fuel it adds to the fire because. A post like that was up for hours and people were commenting on it and commenting on it. And then a couple people would try to have a dissenting opinion and they would get laughed at or yeah, something. Yeah, they get shot down. So then you're just, you know, exactly. And then you're turning people away. And I know a lot of people just leave groups yeah. like that. And so then you're left with a crowd of people that are antagonistic and negative mm-hmm. and not willing to be open-minded. Right. I, I th- Like, the no, yeah. one more thing, sorry. What, what people don't understand is that, like, free speech is is not, like, it's not free speech of everything. Like, hate speech is not free speech. Like, period. So, I think that's a lot of times people get caught up with, like, well, you can say whatever you want. Well, I'm not being hateful. Right. right. So. Yeah, and I, I think it's important to note also that, uh, in fact, the... Facebook is not the United States government and groups are not public spaces. You know, I mean, there, there really isn't a guarantee of free space, of free speech on Facebook or in a Facebook or any group form, anyway. Any form, any online community or any, yeah, exactly. Any online. I mean, there's really, there's really not. I mean, we're not talking about what you have a right to say. Um, you know, and that's, I think, I think that's worth bringing up in discussions about free speech. We have a yeah. right to free speech. We have a right not to be thrown into prison for making, you know, <laughs> for, for saying bad things about the government. But that doesn't mean that you have a right to keep your job or to keep your friends if people find out that you're a jerk, you know, or if people find out that you're a really crappy person or if you're hurting the brand of your company right. or whatever yeah. like that's your company does not have to they don't have to respect your right to free speech if you're gonna make them look bad it just yeah. means you can't be thrown in jail for every it. company i've worked for has had a social media policy and if i make offensive comments and the company saw it, I could have been fired. And the same same thing with this company that I work for now. If I make the company look bad, I can lose my job. If further... Which, which is necessary. Yes. It's not just good. I mean, it's not just fine. It's actually necessary for companies to be able to handle things that right. way. You know, yeah. and there is a process to file a grievance for you know, for wrongful termination under some circumstances in some states, but it's, you know, it doesn't usually go to making the company right. look bad. Well, so yeah. uh, for even further, uh, when I finish my licensure and I sign up with my credentialing board, I sign on to ethical guidelines that say that I will be appropriate on social media. And if I am not, yeah. if I am not, I can lose my licensure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, with all that being said, I mean, my letter is as it stands, you know, and I have yet to receive any kind of response. I didn't really expect a response. Um, it was kind of just an open letter format. Cause that's how you write these things. Um, you know, I'm not holding my breath and, I know that at the end of the day, Aaron's not responsible for this, probably. But I was, I was making a point and I was making a statement. So, um, and I think, you know, this kind of brings us back again to like how ridiculous it is to gender stationary. This time of year, you see journals coming out. Oh, new year, you know, it's all catered towards women primarily because women carry a purse, which carries a journal, you know, like, so. Again, I think that, that this speaks to a bigger issue and a bigger thing. And not everyone's going to agree with us. Not everyone's going to agree with me. But I do think that it's something that should be talked about and not just shrugged off as, well, you know, they're a company. 
They're making money. Right. And I think it's really, I think a lot of people would agree that it's pretty anachronistic in the year 2017 to actually have a website that's set up so these portals are men and women, you know, like, and if you go to, if, you know, and I actually did a little bit of work on this this morning. I was, I was searching to see if I could find out how many, um, major retailers, um, actually had, you know, for example, notebooks for him and notebooks for her on their websites. And I actually didn't find very many. Um, I didn't do at all an exhaustive search, but, you know, I was looking for some keywords and stuff. And what I found was a whole, whole, whole lot of Etsy hits that had gifts that were specifically for him, for her, um, men's, women's. But um, one of the things that somebody was talking about in the RSVP group a couple weeks ago was journals on a website that used to have men's journals and women's journals and separate sections and doesn't anymore. But the flowered journals have meal planner section on each week and the non-flowered journals don't, you know? So like, what the hell is with that? What, why? Well, because women have to make dinner. Exactly. We still have this idea (laughs) just like, just like the, constant complaints about the calendars having big spaces for Monday through Friday and then sort of squeezing Saturday and Sunday together, that that reflects something that's no longer a reality for most people. And in fact, in fact, I will just point out, it was never really a reality for most people anyway. It was a reality for the kinds of people who would buy nice planners. Yeah. And the reason that we're talking about it is now the kind of people who would buy nice planners also have those erratic schedules or those, um, you know, those kinds of different needs of things that go all week or are different from day to day or whatever, you know, and, and we, we have all of these unexamined patterns that we've fallen into from basically the madmen days when yeah. the people with money were white men who wore suits and had jobs that went from Monday to Friday and they did them in an office and they had somebody, you know, to like, they had a secretary and that, you know, that was never the reality for most people, but that's what we picture when we picture, you know, executive gifts or gifts for business people. And most people have never actually lived that way. And, and we're be, you know, we're confronting that now. And that's uncomfortable for people to realize how much of, how much our defaults of what we think of as normal are actually very, very specific and were never applicable to most people. They were applicable to the people who were very visible. And that's why representation is so important because when you see people who live different ways, you realize that most people live different ways and that there are lots of different ways to live. And if all you're seeing is leave it to beaver, you know, then you don't know that other kinds of families were actually existing at that same time. And most of them (laughs) didn't look like that, you know? Yeah. And that's, it's uncomfortable for people to realize you know, even what we think of as professional dress and even what we think of as room temperature yeah. is all so heavily rooted in these completely unexamined, but very arbitrary kinds of historical, you know, artifacts to some extent. Mm-hmm. So when somebody says, you know, just scroll past it, if it's not free, if you don't like it, don't buy it. Like, well, I don't like it, but actually, you shouldn't like it either. And here's why. And if you don't care whether the money that you're spending, if you don't care what you're supporting with the money that you spend, you know, then we're back around to that ridicule doesn't necessarily equal loss of sales thing. But, you know, you, you guys have seen the man who has it all. I guess it's the Twitter feed or is it on Facebook? I don't remember. Have you seen man who has it all? No. Oh my God. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. It is awesome because what it is, 
is taking the kinds of advice that we give to women and giving them to men. Oh. And it is hilarious. And, you know, as soon as you read some of these things, you're like, oh my God. Like, I mean, I would have thought it was ridiculous anyway, but now like it just, it just kind of brings into this sharp belief exactly how ridiculous it is. And it is ridiculous to have to, if you want to buy notebooks from a website, they have, they have two different kinds of notebooks, but in fact, you have to click through two completely different portals to get them. You can't just, yeah. like, how ridiculous is that? How insane is that? And what does that say to the people who are shopping there? And it makes it harder for people to shop for things, actually. Because mm-hmm. if you're like, oh, I heard they have notebooks, and you, you know, you go to the website and start looking for them, and there's not a notebook section. There's not an accessories section. There's a men's section and a women's section, and you have to click through the, to that to get to the other accessories. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with you. There's just so many facets of this issue that that are just not acceptable in 2017. Um, and no should never have it. been acceptable. But, no. you know, once you start finding out about it, you really should be willing to examine things if you want to be if you actually want to be able to cast yourself as a decent person. And, you know, that's another, that's another question, right? Like I, that conversation, I don't know how to explain to you that you should care about other people. Like, I don't know if you don't, like if you really don't, then we don't have a whole lot of, a whole lot to talk about. My only point in bringing any of this up with someone I don't know well is so that, they would have an idea of what they were actually doing, that they wouldn't be blindly going through and and making decisions with no information. Like, I want to know if I'm giving money to a company that is really problematic. And um, although, you know, what you find out is you can't really shop anywhere or buy anything eventually because everything's problematic. Yeah, like, you know, I get shit on because I shop at Walmart, but... I don't have money, so I have to shop at Walmart. You know, you're given like a non-choice. It's tough. I'm not saying it's not. And it's going to be a long, long, long time changing. Because again, they wouldn't use these marketing techniques if they didn't work most of the time. Or if they didn't at least get away with it most of the time. We wouldn't see it happen if it didn't work. Obviously somebody, I mean, there's there may not be the big pen for her anymore, but there's still lady big razors. Yep. And we pay the tax, the extra money, you know, the female tax. Well, I mean, some people obviously must be because they've, you know, the, the pink razors have been there costing more than the black and blue razors for a really long time. And they're still there. People yeah. are still buying them. And I don't see an outcry over it. So, yeah. you know, I don't buy them, but. I buy men's razors. They work better. <laughs> I, I buy men's deodorant. It works better. I buy men's underwear. They work better. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> well, also with men's deodorant, you like, do you really want to smell like a cucumber or fruit? I know, right? Like, I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> yeah. want my armpit to smell like cucumber or raspberry. That's just weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I always have raspberries and cucumbers under my armpits, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So did you guys buy them? What? No. 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 I am so done with field notes that it, like... Yeah, I mean, I've been sticking up for them so much the, you know, the last few months. I, I really, you know, I've been like, yeah, they're so much fun. I enjoy the boxes. I'm not going to re-up this time. I'm out. And I hate that, but I, I'm out. Yeah, I'm using up the rest of what I have. I'm not going to, like, destroy them. No, no, no. I mean, that would be but, counterproductive. They're still notebooks. They're perfectly, they're good notebooks, which is why I liked them to begin with. And it was fun. You know, it was fun seeing what was going to come out. But I think, um, you know, the, the joy has really gone out of it for me. There's no, yeah, there's no joy left in, in going forward with them. Yeah. Agreed. Which is fine. Cause I'm at like four times Sable on notebooks. <laughs> Even without less making hers, you know, like yes, I can. That's that's what I will be switching to because while I love right, um, their binding gets a little frustrating. Yeah, sometimes. I wish I could love their binding because I really enjoy their paper, I enjoy their notebooks, but the binding I just can't get behind. 
Yeah. And is, is it the same with Story Supply Company? Because I really like their notebooks, but I, I've, I've hardly used any of them because, you know, once again, I just usually it takes me a long time to get through a notebook and I'm usually lately using no brands. So I, I actually really like Story Supply Company's notebooks. I wish they did more dot grid. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, so anything to wrap up here? Nope. I think that's no, I think just the closer. All right. Well, I would like to take a moment to thank everyone for their supportive words on the website and in the Facebook group. And I think, Les, you've gotten some uh, feedback on Instagram yeah, as well yeah. or on, on Twitter. Both. Both. Yeah. Because some of the best conversations we had this past week um, on this topic were uh, were in the RSVP group. And I, I mean, I, I know I say this all the time, but it is... So nice to be able to go in there and watch a conversation like, you know, frequently participating, but also frequently lurking in a conversation with people who are mutually respectful and who, even if they disagree, find a way to do it in a way that is productive and explores ideas without just shutting people down and is open to listening to each other. And that it's, it's incredible to be part of that when there are so many toxic places on the internet, you know, to be able to go into a place like that and, and, and be able to kind of count on everybody taking care of each other during a conversation like this that can be really fraught and can be really uncomfortable for people. And so I just, I appreciate that group and the two of you so much in my life. It's a, you guys are a force for good in my life and I think in the world. So thank you so much for that. Um, you can find the podcast anytime at rsvpstationarypodcast.com. You can find me in the Facebook group, RSVP Stationary Podcast, uh, or on Twitter at Lenore underscore Hoyt. Les- you can find me at ComfortableShoesStudio.com, Facebook at ComfortableShoesStudio, and Instagram and Twitter, at least for now on Twitter, at Original LC Harper. Is there something you want to tell us? I, I'm frustrated with Twitter. Um, there again, it goes to that moderation piece we were talking about before. Um, Twitter doesn't have clear guidelines or actually they have clear guidelines, but they don't follow them for moderation. So there are lots of Nazis and alt writers on Twitter that are just rampant. There are bots on Twitter that aren't stopped and, um, people are getting shut down for ridiculous stuff. Um, so, and not getting shut down for, for ridiculous stuff. stuff. Um, and, yeah. Or you, you'll you'll report something, you know, someone threatening you for some and saying horrible things to you. Then you'll get a message back from Twitter saying, "We're sorry, this this doesn't violate our guidelines." And it's like, how does a death and rape threat not violate your guidelines? Yeah. yeah, that's actually why I wasn't on Twitter for a really long time and why I barely use it now because there, I really cannot curate my audience in any kind of meaningful way. And I'm not interested in interacting with the world. I'm just not. <laughs> so Dee, tell us about your contact. Um, you can find me at theweeklypencil.com on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at theweeklypencil. Excellent. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you.